<laughs> and defending racists or Ooh. no mm -mm, i had to delete the app again you bitches ran me off the app i just i just i feel like it's gotten worse as quarantine is going on because people are just like festering in their poor takes and their poor thoughts and yeah. like they're simping like beth simping for that <laughs> Chick. I had to like block her account and mute Beth because I was like, I don't want to see this anymore. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. I, look, I fucking I, can't. Okay, look, the, the, <laughs> I, I agree with Alex that, that Twitter has definitely gotten more. A lot of Twitter. devolving. Yeah. Devolving given the quarantine. It was funny um, at first and then I was done. Uh, but I, I, I agree. I've, I've become desensitized to it. I would yeah. still put that on like the lower rung of Twitter's current issues. Well, yes, it's just uh, but, it, but it's I on there. Of. I just but thought it, of it. I know that that that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But he's 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 committed to the to the bit. So you know, I, don't, I don't think it's a bit. I think it's a. I think, no, it's it's a, I think it is a pretty large slice of the old Beth pie chart. Is just oh his love for for that young lady. All right. Well, you are way too pure. That young lady. I I don't know who she is. I have no clue. She Honestly, only comes on my top I, on my timeline because I of that. only seen her once on TikTok doing the Bernie thing, and I was like, oh, she's adorable. Yeah. Oh my god, all the boys are gonna be commenting on this. I'm just gonna mute this and continue looking for at sure. TikTok for sure because TikTok is an elite app compared to Twitter. I get way better entertainment out of it. Thank yeah, you. I don't. I I'm gonna still refrain from having a TikTok. Oh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not oh pivoting. God. I'm not pivoting to TikTok. No, hilarious. It's I just enjoy looking. You have to get on the side of TikTok where it's like not all the people dancing and where it's all those kids just making the best like Vine era jokes. Okay, oh, can yeah. a can a person make an account and just observe? Yes. Yeah. That's man, what no I do. I don't no post anything. No one's forcing you to make TikTok. No. Like, well, I didn't know if you had to like sign in blood. I will post. <laughs> no, I don't post. Seventeen cooking videos per no. calendar year. But they do have good cooking videos occasionally. No, they I have learned how to make really good cookies off of TikTok. Okay. Right. But I originally got TikTok to make sure my cousin wasn't doing anything bad because you know she's twelve and I'm protective. She's my baby. That's fair. And then I started like I made an account and then I started liking things that weren't just the dances. And so I'm now on what Gen Z, my cousin had to explain this to me. It's called the alternate or the alt side of TikTok. So it's actual funny shit. I I can't stop laughing at some of these things. Like one of them was a dog. It was like a comment that they're like, your your dog looks like a gray sock that was stuck in the back of my closet for 12 years. And the lady read that comment and the dog's like panting and then closes its mouth. It goes, this is great. So it's good wholesome stuff. That's funny. It's fun. good wholesome stuff. There's That's funny fun. shit. I okay. love seeing, but it's also cool seeing this generation. Well, you can kind of like relate to this, Matt, like seeing this Gen Z generation, like talk about politics in a very intelligent way. And I'm like, y'all are awesome. I also think that's cool. Okay. So Maybe I'll give it a shot. My 100% exposure to TikTok was trying to get my students to sit in their chair and not dance at each other across the classroom. I mean, and so that's why I said, yeah. I TikTok must die because yeah. that's, they're just constantly, whatever, any new dance, no. they're just doing it. And I'm like, that is one thing I don't miss. Mm -mm. I don't no. miss the management aspect of a classroom because I can just not answer their emails. 
Oh my god! If, if I, I if kids you, don't listen to this, do you, if I need so student, if I need five minutes to go, I'm gonna go use the bathroom or go get another cup of coffee. I can come and answer their emails. Coffee. Five uh, minutes later, I don't have to. Uh, you the don't management ghost them. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's totally not ghosting. Now that I know what that means, it is 100 not that. You do not remember our ghosting episode where I got I do. super pissed. About <laughs> yes, no, I do, and that's why I'm saying I'm not doing that to my Good. students. But it does allow me the freedom to no, engage and interact uh, when I need to, not oh my because God. I, I have to. Yeah, I bet you love being able to just go to the bathroom whenever you need to. I don't know how I'm ever gonna not do that. <laughs> I remember that struggle. Yeah. You'd have to like call somebody or like wait till they yeah. were like gone, and you're like. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah, or you get your your co-teacher or your person next to you to be like, dude, can you just stand right outside my door? Two and minutes. Look at, and look at your room and my room at the same time. Two minutes. Two, two minutes tops. And <laughs> yeah. we do that for each other all yep. the time. And yep. we talk, we teachers joke about this all the time. When you come back to work in August, September, your, your digestive systems have to readjust to bells. Oh, and that's sad. It's weird. It's disgusting, but <laughs> so scary. it's life. Yeah. How are you're how done. Are, you're done. You're over. You're I over the quarantine. Fucking I hate it. I will continue following it. I am sure. not happy about it, though. I am so bored. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm yeah. I, I'm doing a ton of reading. Um, Victoria joked the other night that she said, "I think we're done with Netflix. I don't think there's anything on Netflix that." we haven't seen and or that we're interested in watching and i was like that's fair so now Wait. we let's bop over to hulu she Wait, was mostly have you kidding. watched have you watched wild country on netflix yep oh it's so good i think that's the um sort of kooky cult from oregon right oh the yes Rod yes 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah evan and I, I are in the middle of it right when we okay. started moving so we had to wait we're like yeah, on the last true. two episodes so good that's yeah, right like, across oh. the border from Washington, yes, where exactly. uh, where Victoria grew up, because she grew up down in Walla Walla by um, <laughs> Tri Cities and, and Southeastern. So, <laughs> so that's that's kind of right by there. Yeah. So we're we're doing a ton of binge watching. I've read a lot of books. Um, Ooh, probably the, probably the best book that I read recently was uh, Normal People. That. Um, <gasps> Hulu made a series on that I didn't even I realize. I have gotten that recommended to me by like four different people and I've good. heard it's just great. It's very, very good. It's not at all what I was expecting based on people mm -hmm. just talking about how good it was. I had mm -hmm. no expectation other than this is a pretty fantastic, she's fairly young. Um, yeah. It's like her second novel, I think. Oh, wow. But, um, it's really, really very cool. Go for it. If you're and you know looking for something to read, is it like normal fiction? It's like kind of I would call it modern, age? definite coming of age because uh, it's the couple that sort of it's in Ireland, and so I always right. get confused how British and Irish people call school, like uh, how old they are because oh, it's like, like year this, year that. Yeah, like they're in university or they're in college or they're in secondary school and i'm like i don't really know how old you are Primary, yeah. but it follows them <laughs> it follows the course of their relationship for about yeah. uh five years and that's oh, wow. all i'll say so there's some definite coming of age but i would call it modern literature okay. like it's definitely not um pulp fiction kind of the 
you know, like Big Little Lies, Leanne Moriarty. It's not like yeah. that. It's okay. not that I genre. That. I, 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 yeah. The novel so. I just finished is very different than what that is. It's a little darker than that, but it's very good. And I've read a lot of those too. I love like mystery suspense, true crime, mm -hmm. real stuff. But oh yeah. I like a thriller as well. I'm a big like reading thriller. Nick and Matt just took a synchronized drink. I know, I saw that out of the corner. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, that I was satisfying. Not, I was <laughs> I was debating in my no. head doing the thriller dance as you were talking about reading a thriller. Oh, I would have loved that. And so there Nick's got it. Nice. So how about you, Nick? Quarantine life, because uh, you're the you're the student from home. I'm the teacher from home, and it's it's boring. I, I do not I like know. teaching from home. It's been it was interesting. Um, I'm in California, uh, liberal hellhole California, according to some. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna just leave it at that, and I was like, uh, did you did this change did, since did we last chatted? Did, is uh, it, is it, is it, I gotta go. Um, uh, is, clean up is your my area. Rate. Is your area of California pretty liberally hellhole? Um, yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, Hell it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how geopolitics work in California other than, <laughs> yeah, um, other than LA and San Francisco is like my whole knowledge. If I had to give like a rough estimate, like central California is like Northern California is where you get a little bit more suspicious. Yeah. That's where it gets a little bit funkier. Uh, but no, but it, it's been interesting. Like, um, I I've been home for a few months now. Um, originally, I was off at off, off at school, I was off at college, Fresno State, um, uh, and then I had to move back home. And that was like a big, you know, did not really expect that. And then just kind of finishing off my semester in in, in like my room, basically, that was that was wild. Um, <laughs> it, like you just don't like oh time to wake up for class. It's like yeah, I'm just rolling out of bed and like logging on to Zoom and like not paying attention. Um, so, yeah, Have you and, had any Zoom like crashes on your? No, luckily enough, like we were none of that. Like other, other classes in you know in Rome Fresno had that happened to them. Mm -hmm. Like we heard, we saw stories, but like me personally, luckily enough, like that didn't really. No celebrities either. No, no, nothing like yeah. that. Just, just boring old knowledge. No That's random sad. Dak Shepard sightings in the background no. of your, no, of your Zoom classes. No, like oh. John Krasinski. No. Yeah. No. Hopefully next semester. No, but it it was it was an interesting <laughs> experience. So dead ban. Um, right. Yeah. Hopefully next semester it will be a better. It was a it was a tough transition for myself and a lot of students. I mean, uh, aside from this, I I was also I had like a job. I was I'm a tutor. Um, right. so I, we transitioned to online as well and you know we getting just a lot of students is just like a lot of them they kind of just needed somebody kind of just to talk to they, I mean they needed tutoring as well but they also needed someone just to vent to and just talk to mm -hmm. a little bit because you know it was, it was a tough thing like you know everyone was going through different struggles and that's sort of like just a broaden as like as Alex mentioned and Matt mentioned like this whole quarantine thing has been you know uh, very I don't know difficult and you know uh people were saying from the beginning like oh we're all in the same boat and i remember reading somewhere like no we're not all in the same boat we're all experiencing the same storm mm -hmm. but we're all good analogy different. that's actually i never thought of it like yeah, that. That's actually i haven't really either analogy. i like that yeah that like, actually, like puts into perspective a lot of like how people are interacting and like stuff like that that's actually a 
really good way to think about it. Yeah, and yeah. like you just know a lot of people, like me personally, who just you know they can't really don't have the luxury to afford to quarantine. You know, like mm-hmm. and, you know this whole idea of like oh that the virus doesn't see is like doesn't see color or class or no it does. It's very this this whole thing is very r- really racist, really classist because uh, the quarantine itself has exposed and we've seen it in the news a lot. Mm-hmm. Any of our listeners have also probably. I mean, fucking Beyonce that. talked about it. Yeah, and it's like that. it's it's exposing a lot of the flaws in our system. Yeah. Um, and like I can sort of understand why you know people don't want to stay inside, and it's like it sucks, but we it's something that we urge everyone, everyone, anyone who listens to this to continue to stay inside as much as possible. Protect yourself. Protect others. It's a tough thing, and you know. Just, it is Can't it leave. is hard though to like everybody is so like high anxiety or like so much pent up energy or like depression and, and like is at an all time high and it's hard because like you know it's hard to relate to your friends like my best friend down here Carly and I were chatting about like she's like I'm becoming more of a hermit and I'm becoming in my own words a little bit more of an asshole because I don't have anywhere to exert my energy. And she's like, you know, I'm just always so anxious about what's going to happen. Am I going to be okay? And I'm like, oh my God, I need to get out of this house. I can't like, and, and then, you know, we have friends in Washington that all got laid off and family and stuff like that. It just feels like everybody's going through a different like pain. And it just really shows, I feel like how, a poorly governed we are and b like how horrible how horrible of a capitalist society we live in where we are valuing money over human lives and over mental health and physical health it's just i mean like yeah Yeah. arizona fucking opened and evan and i were like hell no we're not going out we'll occasionally do pickup but even then like yeah. we bought a get we got a few gift cards to support our favorite places um but even when we do pick up we don't do chain we only do local and we don't go out like i've had to go into office every day but he's blessed enough to work from home but even then it's like it, it's just sad to see people be so irresponsible and then also like preach that we you know oh i can't believe that you're going to work well you know sorry karen some people still have to go but, you know, you can go out and get your margarita. That's chill. Chill. It, it's definitely heightening the worst parts of American culture. Like, mm-hmm. we've, our family, we've been talking about how if we had just done the shutdown that other countries have done, like Australia, New Zealand, South parts Korea. of, like, South Korea. They're the and perfect it's, example. Test fucking everybody. Yep. If you get quarantine, get your shit, they were done. And they had a few cases and then they did it again. And they're popping back up and it's going to happen. But Americans don't want to be told what to do. And that's the worst part of American culture is the implosion of, of societal norms of just following science and data. And it's, it's really been sad to watch people say, but, I want to get my hair cut or I want to do this or, and it's like, dude, it's, it's okay to 
give up some things. You know, the, the whole idea of who's essential in our culture has become really eye-opening to me. I just and really we just, moving forward, we got to really pay attention to that. I feel like it's just shown how like individualist we are as a society. We don't have that community like group think. And, you know, like I grew up in an Italian family where like, you know, we were pretty communal, but they're pretty Americanized. So it wasn't like, but then you see people in like Italy, like come together and like they had, we super surpassed them, which was wild to me, but they like came together and were supporting each other. And South Korea, yeah. everybody was working together and like, quarantined to hell and then Americans are complaining that they can't go to the bar or like like really you're really you're gonna complain that you can't go get your hair cut or get your nose pierced or you know go get your pedicure do it at home you'll be fine yeah <laughs> it's yeah. tough because we're like I think about this too because like you mentioned Italy they were the worst for the mm -hmm. first like month or so and then they got it pretty, pretty reasonably under control with, with Germany too. And then Washington State, where it kind of started in, yeah. in the US anyway, and we're doing some pretty good work as a, as a culture in our local I mean, society yeah. to, to really stop the spread. It's, it's just, it's going to be bad for a while and we just have to be better people oh, uh, as a society. Yeah, it's like, people hating on healthcare workers where I'm like, you're lucky that that UW worker continued to test people after being told not to and was able to whistleblow this situation. Otherwise, way more people would have died. Oh. And something that I see all over is an economy recover, but we will never gain back the lives. Like, mm -hmm. y'all pro-lifers that tell me I can't abort this clump of cells in my fucking womb, but... You know, it's fine. People die every day. No, 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 no. You don't get to pick and choose, bitches. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. It, it's it's going to be a new normal, and that's one of the things I joked about uh, yeah. here at, at my house was yeah. I'm going to definitely need to find assistance in how to undo some obsessive behaviors because oh the... God all of the measure, you know, the safety measures mm -hmm. that we all probably started doing. It's like who, at what point someone is going to tell me, can I stop washing the groceries? Because mm -hmm. I can't do that forever. It's driving me nuts to, to wash every package that comes in my house. But I, like I don't know that I can stop yet. I feel like I'm just constantly cleaning. Yeah. It's like I come in and I spray. Exhausting. We don't leave, you know, before we, you know, I come in and I wash my hands up to my elbows. I cut like, you know, Evan doesn't go, but what we do, like gloves and mask, and we come back, I sanitize the mask, I throw away the gloves when we're already out, like, I wipe yep. down all the fridge items, and then even if I've already washed my fruit when I got home, I still wash it again before I eat it, like, it's just, I know, I was talking to my family about it, and I'm like, this is the longest time I haven't seen my family, it's been, geez, I bet, it'll almost be six months, five months. I used to see my family once a month and it's, it's really hard, like not knowing when I'm going to see the kids again or like see my aunt and Grammy again. And like, yeah, you know, like it's hard. my Grammy and her husband are, you know, they're not old, but they're older and oh, I hope my Grammy doesn't listen to this. Sorry, Grammy. But like, I'm terrified for them all the time. My aunt has Crohn's, my uncle's, you know, in remission from cancer. I'm 
terrified for them all the time. Those are the ones we're protecting. And that's the thing. It's just, and it's hard for me to see people be so selfish down here. And I'm like, I don't, my asshole self is like, I don't want to fucking see you in the hospitals then. I don't. It's hard. When my, my best friend who is a labor and delivery nurse has to wear the same fucking masks for a week to two weeks when oh, she's wow. bringing babies with no immune system into this world. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy. Yeah, that's scary. Our friend, like when, you know, they're going to, they're, when our friends lost their jobs and had to move back in with parents or they have a baby themselves, our friends that have a baby themselves and they're scared to go out because, you know, baby Malia doesn't have a very great immune system. And uh, it's just disgusting to me, like to see people be so selfish. It's, yeah. But there's also good things. Yep. And positive, like the Some Good News Network by John Krasinski, his eight fantastic. episodes. So Evan and I would watch them and just sob our eyes out. Or like, you know, you have to take little joys in like your pets or just like spending time, like you were saying with you and Victoria, like y'all have watched everything on Netflix, but like you get to enjoy that quality time. Or like Nick, you actually get to spend time with your parents a lot more. And I feel like that's something you don't normally get to do. Yeah, you got to try to find some small positives right. in, in this entire situation. And just to your point, Alex, like, I under, and I understand what you're saying. Like, it's so, it's very difficult. It hurts a lot seeing you're, you're trying to make that sacrifice, doing the right thing by staying inside. And then you see videos online of just people just, like, not yeah. following, like, the yeah. rules. And it's just, and, it, and, it's, it, and it's just frustrating. And I kind of, like, in 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 my I can understand how some people can be like, then why what's the point of me even doing this if yeah and it's and it's just things like that and yeah that whole idea too of just like we're so un like individualistic and yes. just a absolute inability to just give up you know some like minor things like all and again some of these things some people can do but like staying inside you know you can you can stay inside. You don't need to be out, you know, you, they're fine. They're, these are like minor sacrifices. Yeah. Like yep. The bare minimum of some of the things that we're asking people to do. Exactly. And it's, and it's just very, it's very frustrating. And it, and again, and also to your point of just that greed and it's just, it's just awful. It just, and it sucks. And it's very disheartening seeing all these things about, uh, you know, amusement parks opening back up, like Walt well, Disney and things like, what, who, why would I even want to go to something? I don't like, fucking want to go. Especially like, that Disney influencer that went viral for saying she won't wear a mask because it's not the Disney way and like you can't force her and I'm yeah. like, girl, <laughs> really? Yeah, it, it's it's awful and it's crazy. And if there are People reasons, suck. if you ever want to like just if you just feel I don't know why you would want to, but if you're like just being getting really upset, go read like any comment section on any of those posts by like amusement parks yeah. stating that of their new regulations place and and. Oh awful just what being how people think and it's like how I can't. how can you be so selfish and dumb and like sports leagues too it's like that's i, I don't even know what's gonna happen like i mean like like ten of Fox cardinals tickets but he and i are like even if it's open if it's still really bad we're not fucking going yeah it's, it's i like, mean that's a that's a good segue to talk about dumb sports leagues because then we can talk about our big dumb seahawks at the same time or when we're done talking about the no no yeah that's fine with me because you're, you're right what are they going to do 
You know, it's like the New Jersey governor was that yesterday or today who said, oh yeah, all the sports, you know, professional sports teams, any sports teams in the state of New Jersey, as soon as you feel ready, go for it. And it's like, but you're probably one of the most densely populated states right up there. New York! And you're right, you're right there. Yeah, I just, we, I mean, everyone wants the distraction. If you're into sports, you want the distraction. I totally get it. You want to watch, you want to enjoy it. But I still think back to late February when we had had the outbreak up here and then there was one more Sounders match. And I was like, oh, you got to not do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And they held one last Sounders match near the end of February. And news reports like a month or so later came out talking about how many likely infections came from that one match. And I mean, think about like when the NBA shut down and like, because right. jazz, like that jazz player, I can't remember his name. Fucking Rudy Gobert. Licking the microphones. That oh, guy. that yes. And then it spread. Like, I will yep. say the NBA had a really good response, but part of yeah, me Yeah, they is, shut down quick, yeah. Part of me is like, I don't even care if there's no fans in the stadium. I do not want those players exposed no, to each other. Most all of them have older parent, grandparents, or have children. Well, what they're saying is for a lot of these sports leagues for coming back is that they would like quarantine all these players. So you're asking them to so one risk, risk, them, risk themselves by still, right. by still playing to self isolate themselves from their families for how well, I mean, the NBA would be like, I don't know how long, I don't know what their format's going to be for, for a while still. And just constant daily, almost daily testing or such frequent testing. And like, and what a waste of resources too. Because that's, yeah, right, like, that's tens of thousands of tests that are going to be not able to be used for average everyday people. Well, if, if, we all know they don't give a shit about us. They just want the fucking piece of hell. But also you have to think about this. Like a lot of the revenue comes from people attending the games. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the argument is, you know, that there'll be a huge spike in, like, because there'll be sports, so, like, the ad revenues from, and they all have, like, their shared revenue system, so they'll kind of make up for it, but I see your point, Alex, but, like, again, another thing I'm asking, and, like, I very ever rarely will defend rich people, um, but in this case, like... Uh, on, that note, the, on, that note, on that note, Ethan Rich and uh, Tax Jeff Bezos is fucking 4.7% because then he would solve a lot of our uh, financial decisions. Yeah. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos! Either. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I approve that message. Um, but basically, I don't because like, I'm not sure if he's listening or not. No, I'm just kidding. He, he yeah, probably no, is. Fuck for me, Jeff. Fuck you. <laughs> we're, we're probably all bugs. Um, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Uh, but like yesterday, I, the MLB was talking about like the plan they oh. have for it to like the pay cuts for all their players. And, oh, brutal. Yeah. Like, I don't have a number in front of me, but it was just some absolutely brutal and insane numbers. And well, I'm what like, concerns me more is also the staff. Like, like that's what really concerns me is like these a lot of these players, you know, are probably not great with their money, but a lot of them earn a lot of money. But then think about the poor staff who earn a minuscule, like at least the normal people, not like you know, yeah. the big coaches, but like right. they earn a minuscule amount of money. The cheerleaders already don't learn earn fucking anything. Because, you know, women don't deserve it. Cheer support. I bet y'all men could not cheer. Those leg kicks are brutal. Anyways. Nope. Like, that's also a part that really massively concerns me is, like, all the that staff has 
family and children and grandparents to protect and support as well. And what are we, what are we doing about that? Like, yeah. And, and that's always brought up in a lot of these arguments about like, Oh, why we should reopen up? Like, Oh, what about all these small businesses? And it's like, we, we shouldn't have, we, we have enough resources where that really shouldn't as a country, we have enough yep. resources and a lot of wealth where that should have never been an issue. We should no, have had, if we should have, or those big ass chain companies never should have asked for that money. Oh, that makes my blood boil. I know exactly what you're talking about, Nick. Oh. It's, it's like any, even going beyond the, like that situation, just in general, like we should have the world's greatest social safety net. Yeah. We took a deep turn in the eighties to what we have now. Um, which my bad as the only one here who was around in the 80s uh and it's like 55 years ago just about right uh and it's <laughs> just 40 years ago whoa <laughs> oh wow oh, yikes yeah watching on a total sidebar but watching the uh mount st helens um anniversary come and go in the last couple of weeks realizing uh okay yeah totally remember that okay moving along my dad had a jar of the ash and Same. so my grammy and granddad yeah it's around here somewhere through every single historical event i feel like you have uh, i was born right after the second battle of bull run so <laughs> i missed i missed the first one so yeah what is heard it was story? heard it was bad yeah. time itself yeah matt matt old that hasn't changed Matt nope. changes his name every few years to like reflect the era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just think of like Matt je- dressed in like Jesus it, style robes. Yeah, like I, somebody tweeted hair. that at me the other day. <laughs> somebody tweeted that at me the other day when I made some kind of comment about something. It was the Gatorade being in in glass bottles, and they were like, "No way!" And I said, "Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what we had like on our sidelines. Gatorade, yeah, Gatorade, one hundred percent started out in glass bottles." And they were, and then their response to me was, "Was Jesus as cool in person as he seems <laughs> in the New Testament?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's funny." And I said, "He was okay for an underclassman." Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Matt, you have such good humor for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my I second draft. I missed that when I deleted the was, That was my second draft. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. Nick, sorry. Your, your economic rant. Yeah, sorry. No. May continue. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, I, I like to bring it up because if I think about it too much, it makes me sad. Yes. Um, no, I, I get it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's tough. And, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm majoring in. But, like, you just see the, all the disparity. And it's insane and it's crazy. And, you know, people even before this have were already voicing their frustrations, which is good, which is great. But this whole pandemic really accelerated. Um, you know, I, I feel for the long, the longest time, this, this country has been going towards a very obvious path of division. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see it in everything, economic, socially, racially. Um, I mean, not to be even more of a downer, but with the wow. with the police murder, with the murdering of George Floyd. Oh boy! Oh boy. Did y'all see are, what they? Did? Are we getting into that one tonight? Because uh, I mean, all all I'll say is I hope I'm praying for him and his, and his family to help yeah. find some peace in this awful time. I hope yep. that those officers are arrested for murder. Yep. Fuck 
fuck that shit. That was disgusting. Um, Awful. Yeah, you. you I, I was sort of reflecting as she was like, I, I had I kind of had to sit back and be like, how many videos I have seen in my lifetime already of African American men being murdered by police, and it is way too many. Yeah, it's it's one is too many, and we've many. you know I saw. Um, we were Victoria and I were just watching this actually before we hopped on here, and and it was uh, the Minneapolis mayor was being interviewed along with a. Uh, uh, citizen from Minneapolis who was there at, at the incident and they were kind of discussing things and the comment that one of them made was apparently this I don't know if this came out just today or yesterday but D.L. Hughley the, the comedian posted something that said you know a lot of you that aren't in the black community and the brown communities in America think that this is new and what's what or that it's happening more often and and it's not happening more often it's just that the technology is allowing it to be captured for you to see how we've been treated for hundreds of years and that's um as as a man who's never faced any kind of discrimination as a as a white straight man i've never had to deal with that before that's really eye-opening to hear that because i think i just like to think that everybody is good and they're not and it's really sad and that's the sad part like white privilege is so real and it's what you do with it and i think like you do a really good job of like giving a platform to like make sure that brown and black people have a have a voice and you're like hey no no no, i'm gonna amplify this shit like fuck y'all because i think that's that's a really important part as you know with our shitty ass white privilege we got to do something good with it and not be like the others who try to mute them yeah yeah it's it's really you know i'm teaching right now from home one of the it's really challenging to try to teach um to kill a mockingbird anyway um but to to try to teach that remotely is a challenge but there's probably some good that can be brought from that novel into some current real life situations hopefully so i I went to a private school we learned about that and we did not really talk about the like not you know the really poor racial connotations it brought forth at times and i read it again like a year ago and i was talking to my friend who's english teacher at our alma mater and we were like it's a real disservice that a lot of conservative communities do to this book and like how important it is to talk about like, hey, look how it was back then. We're not much better, unfortunately. And like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, and there's a big, you know, we, the education system has a lot to do with that as well. Um, even earlier today, I was listening to, I forget the podcast's name, but the, the, the episode, they do a lot of history episodes. This one in specifically was about the, uh, the textbook wars in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just read. Interesting. It is so cool. Keep going, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, I mean, if, I'll try to remember it. Um, but basically, it was, it was just the, the just districts. The, I would think it was a federal program. There were, it was like incentivizing districts, school districts to be more, more multicultural. Mm-hmm. have books by you know african-american authors you know to you know paint the complete picture of history different perspectives different voices which is very important um 
and there was just this big you know movement against that you know a lot of and a lot of it was very you know heavily christian centered i forgot the name i forgot the name of the woman who led this who led this anti-textbook movement um and you know it was a long battle and you know just the way they you know it was and it's and it's text then when the the examples of textbooks they were finding they were they sound like very important textbooks like uh, malcolm x's autobiography and books like that books by james baldwin you know very influential and important voices that need to be heard and you know it was just and how that movement it you know it had its small victories you know it, it forced districts not to include the books and for the longest times teachers were afraid it, it basically the, that original anti-textbook movement it sort of laid the seeds and the foundation for the distrust in the education system mm -hmm. and you know it, and, and it sucks you know and, and it sucks a lot because you it's it's a prominent thing everywhere you know it just this and it's just this trust of information that's been amplified and controlling information you know if you control information you you do end up exerting a lot of power and control over people and that's a huge part of of public schools should not be any kind of power or control it should be all about empowering and giving students multiple many wide open opportunities to learn and grow and discover and not to tell them this is the one way or this is the only way it's not the job of public schools and that's on stop teaching your kids huckleberry finn and put in beloved by tony morrison because a it's written by an incredible black woman and b it is one of the best books i've ever read that is highly recommended by people of color that really gives insight onto slavery from a female black perspective. Like, and that's yeah. okay. Yep, Victoria taught uh, beloved. Exactly, Matt, you're not included in this, but uh, most white, white men do not need to be taught thank you in schools, authors, thank you. Except for I like you, Matt, you're fine. No, that's, that's fair. No, I, if I ever wrote anything, it shouldn't be part of any curriculum. Um, now if Victoria I wrote something, <laughs> I would buy the shit out of that. She is a ta very talented writer. She's a queen. It's fine. She is amazing. <laughs> She's probably glad I'm upstairs right now. <laughs> a few extra minutes away since my commute is much shorter now. <laughs> no, I'm probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, that, that was, I'm, I'm glad we talked about this. I mean, both, I mean, all situations. You know, yeah. at, duty as humans to like bring this into every aspect of our life. In my opinion, though, like, yeah. I think it's fair because it's gonna be no matter what level of sports return, there will be athletes who are activists and part of of the movement to bring attention to police violence, and they're going to, yeah, they're they're gonna use it. You know, they're gonna they're gonna. I don't mean use it in in the context of exploit it. I mean they're going to point. They're gonna point to it. They're going to. Step on that soapbox and stick that microphone in their face. As they should. Do it as they should. Just like Colin Kaepernick, who if y'all don't like yep. him, what he did, y'all can stop listening because you're a shithead. That, yep. he started the right thing and I fully support him. Thank you. Absolutely. And speaking of football. I was just going to say, do we want a few minutes in here before we... Let's, uh, talk, some, let's talk some sports. Yes. I mean, we should at least yeah. give some Seahawks 
We got to talk about something happy. Well-informed <laughs> takes that we have of our off-season. Happy. Really. <laughs> okay, like, you know, something that's, you know, all right, whatever. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Seahawks related, like, they had a very Seahawks off-season. Yeah. Can they it not be over a, yet, though? They got to make some more moves. They they found a very unique way to spend all their cap space. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks for that graphic, Mr. I've Ben Baldwin. Never, Mr. Ben Baldwin. Oh, God. I've never seen Evan so cranky during a draft before. That it draft was – it, yeah. it was a Seahawks draft. Now, that's good or bad? That's fair. It was rougher than normal. That first-round pick was insane. Yeah. Yes. Like I've slowly <laughs> talked my way into it. I see the. I'm trying to see the vision, but I, it's like. I just remember Evan being live with Hawk Blogger, and I hear what? I'm sitting in the back. I hear what? <laughs> it's just like, all right, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not recognizing the names. That, a, yeah. Was a little disappointing. Like that. It, I, yeah. And I mean, that's us fans. Like, fans, like, I know myself. Like, I don't do, like, in-depth draft research. So I, I, I recognize a couple of names from all the articles I read. I start seeing, you know, the similar names being targeted to Seattle. So, okay, so my brain, I'm like, all right, it's going to have to be one of these guys. Right. Since it, since it wasn't, you know, my brain defaulted to, oh, well, that's a dumb pick. <laughs> you know, and that's what a lot of fans do. And that's okay. Like, you know, we're not all going to be draft experts. Like, no one's a draft expert. And, but I no, no. Yeah. I'll take, I think the draft is so boring, and I'm so sorry if I offended everybody, but I'm no. not sorry. I it's think boring. it's so boring. I have to try and understand what all these little college babies are doing. No. Oh, I don't that care. reminds me. I don't ESPN, care. ESPN really went hard with oh the, the depressing stories. Oh, my God. Oh, brutal. It I, was rough. Did and every it was like it was I forget who, uh, Trey Wingo he was the guy hosting it for ESPN right. he was like it, 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 the sense of the world was like and this star athlete broke all touchdown records and then his mother died it's like what the Trey I'm just trying to enjoy the draft like what are you doing to me here Mom had yeah a painful death of like 15 years and yeah and like some of them were like very and it's like and I understand like what they were going for like they they're trying to humanize players and they're trying to paint the whole picture but it's just like well so I don't know right. sometimes it was just like his, it felt his, like it was like taking away from those players accomplishments exactly. and highlighting Distracting. Like, their trauma which I'm like a as a trauma survivor herself please don't highlight other people's trauma please talk about their positives hey look what they overcome they're making their mom so proud don't be like oh he went through a tough Mom was sick. No. And then sometimes when it didn't really, when it didn't have something direct, it was it, it got really like convoluted. It's like, oh well, this person's coach's right. cousin's mom's <laughs> goldfish's roommate suffered a heart attack, and you know, like something and it really affected yeah. them. And I'm like, ah, or like their cousin's wife died. And all they left was their child. And I'm like, yeah, but I bet the kid was sad for like a few months and was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it, it turned into a, a six degrees of trauma at some point yeah. where they were just, it was a stretch. It was definite reaching for, I think they were trying to, I don't know. I'm not any kind I of wasn't network sure if they were exact. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, in past drafts, they would always touch on the personal stuff. But like this year, but it was very like, rarely did they go as heavy on 
the traumatic experiences of every first round draft pick it felt like if you think about it everybody thinks i mean even us on this episode kind of focus on the negative during this time so it wouldn't surprise me like if the producers just kind of like unceremoniously or even just like subconsciously were like oh let's really highlight this shit get people in their feels kind of like you know the good news network except for we're not going to say anything happy other than (laughs) the awful news network yeah yeah yeah, and those ESPN graphics, like the first two little dots, always like, all right, you know, all American, yada yada. Yeah, two twelve thousand yards, whatever. And then the last one is like dead. <laughs> it was always the third one. It, it was, was like a really, really bad take of the rule of three. Like, very big, like whiplash. Like you were just like, yeah. whoa, like I did not. Um, I was I was watching football highlights, and now you're <laughs> this person's deceased errant. I mean, speaking of like bad things, can we talk about how awkward the fans were in the background when they? Oh, yeah, that was dumb. Uh, was and dumb. they were like, yeah, yeah. Or they're dabbing or. Who was the team? Fuck, was it the Texans? It wasn't the Texans. Who was it that had their whole family in this, like, big carpeted office and, like, one kid's uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that was, um... The Titans. The Titans. Was the, when they were where the guy the was pooping. And the guy was pooping yeah. in the mirror. <laughs> they totally caught him taking a dump. It was hilarious. That was the highlight of the draft in my eyes. Like, I half sees watched it from the bed when Evan was, like, on his computer doing his pod. Oh my god! I was uh, yeah. the The only other hi- highlights I can kind of think of or funny moments were like I think when it was like when Jerry Judy got drafted, and you see him and like he's sitting down with I guess his girlfriend or partner or whatever, and like she grabs his phone. Oh yeah! <laughs> and then he grabs it like right back. Like what are you doing? And then yeah. he like a big old thing. So awkward. Yeah. He's like, like whoops! <laughs> this wasn't my burner. Whoops! Sorry. <laughs> Girl, all I can think of is like Big Booty Judy whenever I heard his name. Like, I just couldn't stop laughing about it. I was in the car, but I thought it was funny because that's what I called Leia. Yeah. And then the only other thing I think that was kind of funny on the first one was like Roger Goodell slowly dying <laughs> in his chair. <laughs> he was like, like melting. He was like oh, standing yeah. up. <laughs> and then he kind of, right, I'm going to sit down. And then, all right, I'm going to go change outfits. Yeah. All right, I'm going to like slumped back. <laughs> Good, good times. He was having a rough one. Their offices, and I'm like, that's a your office stresses me out. Like certain head coach, I was like, no, I don't like that. Or like, yeah, it was entertaining. Families like dressed up, and I'm like, why? Why are they there? It right, just totally just to get on TV. Like, yeah. oh, like the little kids, that was fine, that was great. But the ones the- where, yeah. Like ten, twelve people in the living room. It's like you just came over, and it's like, aren't you supposed to be quarantining anyway? Go home, bitches. Yeah, that that, that that was a wild. That was a fun. I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Like I think I was like the. That was just like what? a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, Jesus. And then like that was the one sport <laughs> thing we kind of had, and then the was only other April? thing. Did you guys watch the Last Dance? Because I watched all of it. I watched some of it. I, I... lived it. Oh. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> old, old. <laughs> good but i thought it was kind of like a feel good like fluffy oh no that was a michael jordan propaganda like 100 percent, like 10 10 hour propaganda and i loved every second of it it was fine yeah like my family was never a big like michael jordan fan like my dad liked him okay and like my first pair of like basketball shoes were jordan's when i was in middle school 
but even then my family was like you know my dad was like well kind of like him whatever we yeah. did so i watched some of it and i was like oh it's pretty good it's, it's yeah i mean it was, it was cool. good i i didn't really watch basketball growing up like I Mexican, did. Like, I would like some uh, female basketball documentaries, like Super. That would be great. Yeah, and I mean, it was really, really cool. It was really fun. Like, mm -hmm. the one thing that always impressed me about Jordan was like, damn, like double three peats. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, very I cool. Watched, like the interviews the next day on like ESPN and Good Morning America. I liked yeah. those. And they like, like, they talked about you last night in Last Dance. What's your opinion? And I'm like, hell yeah, spill the tea. That's what yeah. I want. And and it was so cool too because it was like so far it's been so long since you know that the '98 Bulls and all that stuff like everyone can freely talk about it, like they can just right, like, right. So, so long ago, <laughs> feels right. like yesterday. Yeah. I legitimately had those uh, black and red Jordans, the his very first ones that came out. Oh my god! I had those. Yeah, I was lucky enough because our high school uh, colors were black and red and white. Oh, so that's way better than mine. They were perfect perfect to get those they were slightly expensive but you just had one glass of gatorade instead of two and then you could afford the jordan max. look at matt flexing over here uh no it would be so sick i oh yeah if i still had them that'd be amazing yeah but no, no kid oh. thinks that far ahead no i do still have some basketball cards from That's the 70s and 80s but yeah that's sick the, the last thing I'll say about The Last Dance is I very much loved how Jordan would make up stories or anything just to create this personal oh, yeah. rivalry yeah. with literally anybody who crossed his path. Yep. And it was kind of iconic. Like, he was the, the ultimate, fake motivation. He yeah. Was the ultimate diva of basketball. And it kind of like, I was like, I mean, yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, and I forgot what episode it was, but like the, the, the ending of the episode, we're kind of bramped up. We're talking about, like, yeah, I know I'm an asshole. But like that's how I win, and like, and if people, three or four, yeah, I don't know, but it was all really cool. The next day, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The Utah stuff was crazy. The pizza, yeah, the the flu game. Oh yeah. I don't. I, was like, I don't. Those white people poisoned him. Oh my god. I don't think they did. I I don't think that happened Matt, that let way. Let me run with this narrative. I mean, it was what we lived. I mean, we one hundred percent. That's what we all thought because that's what was in the news was that someone poisoned his pizza the level of detail of course wasn't there but during that game when it was originally being played they just called it the flu game there was no story about pizza at all when it was like actually happening that came like days and weeks later part of the legend that's crazy it is it's super crazy but why yeah. would five people deliver a pizza i i feel like that the, they did they how did they order that like exactly like you you thought had like what maybe one pizza shop two max I mean, here's the thing. You can get pizza. You're not getting any beer. You're, you know, you're getting like the, the two, three percent beer because that's, they have a limit on the, like. Ginger beer or some shit like that. Yeah, you're not so. I'm declaring war against Utah. This is... And like the sister wives are <laughs> delivering it to you with the in the back of the minivan or, van or whatever. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that was crazy. I'll, I'll let that stand <laughs> in your voice and just agree. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was wild. Love Dennis oh, Rodman. How do you not love Dennis he Rodman? He just left for Vegas. That's insane. He's like, like fuck y'all. <laughs> like, I'm out. Like later. Who's the Who's the Dennis Rodman of the Seahawks from the the era the the 12, 2012 to 2015 Seahawks? Who's the Rodman? It's the wild boy who just. Oh, that's a tough. What, maybe sure, sure. 
I don't know that Sherm was that wild in his personal life, though. No, well, none of like the movie. brashness. I Definitely the brash on field. So maybe. Who? I, I just made notes. I, I have like oh. speculation that I've heard from over the years when I used to work in Seattle. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I mean, it would not surprise me if it was him. I, who else would it be? Nobody else was super. Maybe I mean, Earl's a little wild. Is it not the... Earl after the last month of Earl's life? Is it not Earl? God, I, I don't want to go into any details either, yeah. but I think I, he's probably he's probably the best crossover yeah, between Rodman and I was Earl. just trying to avoid it, okay? Oh yeah, okay, I won't, we won't say much of it, but that was oh. insane. Yeah. So right here, since we're playing Toxic at the beginning as an intro, right here, make a note. This is where you play. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Just have it. <laughs> Soft under 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 the conversation and that's it and then we just move on. All right, I'll I'll remember to do that. You can add that in post. Yeah, I'll add that in post. Um, yeah, what what else? I don't know. Now, now that we're talking Seahawks, oh Quentin Dunbar's arrest. Oh, oh man, crazy story. Crazy. That's story. that was what the the situation itself was crazy. the The police department's social media response was insane. very bad. In Insane. Like, imagine, like, I get arrested and, like, I get, like, my, is my employer going to be? Right. And people were coming up with a bunch of evidence where it's, like, other ar arrests they announced and they didn't tag, you know, their employer. And they came up with an excuse that, like, oh, we were trying to get in contact with that we couldn't, like, no, like, the person seeing that's going to be the, the uh, some social media manager. It's not going to be, like, John Snyder <laughs> is not running the Twitter account. I mean, if you're trying to get in touch with NFL franchises, you could probably make a phone call and say, "Hey, we are we are from the so and so police department." Call their local PD and then get in contact with their right. security and their. Really yeah, that, that was yeah. just that was very very poorly handled. Yeah, and, like for me, like I really focused on the whole thing and making my joke because I'm an idiot. But then I like <laughs> looked at it and I was like, "Wait, did that police department?" do that like that was i didn't even pick up on it until people started commenting i just remember seeing the story and going oh man God, another guy who is gonna be potentially really really good on the field did he do something dumb and then you kind of check yourself and go let's find out about this and then when you find out you're like okay uh let's yeah find yeah, out more it was it was just a lot situation yeah i didn't yeah. find out like check on my tweet and i'm like well i muted you just send me your tweet <laughs> like he had retweeted something and i was like oh fuck yeah. i just think the off the off season has but been so wild on one note we can talk about an unproblematic player your boyfriend my boyfriend dk metcalf yes i was reading a really good article on yahoo sports about how he's a superhuman did y'all see the fucking workout thing he posted oh that was insane the box jump like 66 oh inches is yeah. that what I read? 66? Yes. Huh. It's, or it, uh. That's five foot six. That's legitimately, is, that's, that's my that's wife's that's height. That's yeah, that's Victoria's height. He jump on top of her head. DK Metcalf jumped me. It's fine. I'm so sorry. Whoa, please nobody I'm take that so out of context. <laughs> Whoops. Flag that one. <laughs> in a very, in a good way. I'm sorry. I'm married to Um. <laughs> Uh, there was a tiny pause there. I'm married to what's his name again? I don't remember. Is he in the other room? I don't remember. Um, oh my god, if he did something like this on his podcast, I'd be so mad. But he also said that like the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl was better than our wedding day, so this is payback, bitch. 
Um, anyways, now, I we, now let's now let's think about it for a second. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm I mean, let's I'm let's kidding. say a person feels that way. You don't announce it. No, it's not podcast. Yeah. Anyways, or I, out loud around people. That's the thing you write in your journal and tuck between your mattress. It's whatever. But I do think it's cool. I think he's got a lot of, um, you know, he's going to really improve over the year, him and Wilson. Him and Russell really have a great connection that I think as Metcalf, you know, really sinks into his own and develops his skill. I think he's going to just absolutely annihilate any, any previous players he had or, you know, rise to their level of the LOB and whatnot because he really is, like, we got him young and pretty health and healthy and he stayed fairly healthy. And if he's like keeping up, there's no drama. I feel like he's probably him. And like, I would say him and Tyler Lockett have been some of our best picks in the last while, in my opinion, I'm not a Easy. person, you know, per se. No, I think I would agree with that in the last, yeah. I think, I mean, on the field and yeah. off the field, you could easily say those two on the field you probably have to include frank clark oh but but not in other aspects maybe but that's what i'm talking about all encompassing yeah absolutely absolutely it's i mean if you if one of your first endorsements is strawberry milk um that's pretty adorably wholesome so i'm gonna you for 20 years yes and like i i mean like he's saying Oh, there we go. I was going to say, where did Nick go? Yeah. He's becoming this, like, slender man, like, <laughs> outline, and I was getting a little scared. Um, no, I mean, the fact that he's staying so busy at home workouts and has always had a good connection with the team and yep. he's been fairly consistent throughout the last season, I feel like we have a lot of good to see in him this year. Nick, yeah. you got anything you, you're excited for? Yeah, well, DK, he's, he's really excited. He's really cool. And, I mean, I kind of use the whole DK thing to pivot to one last thing I want to talk about, just general NFL offseason stuff. Um, like, teams are stupid. Like, he fell to the end of the second round. Like, why? Because I, I get I get you wanted the whole agility stuff, but it's like he's, like, freakishly tall and, like, can catch anything, and, like, teams can't figure out how to make that work. Like, I'm glad he ended up on the Seahawks, but it's like he, he – like that's that's insane. Like, and teams are just dumb, and it's like, and we saw a lot of that dumbness this offseason, specifically by the Texans, when they traded DeAndre Hopkins, another really good wide receiver, for four bags of chips, and a running back contract, that and a running back contract, paying on and won't be able to afford paying JJ Watt because they're paying a running back. <sighs> Yeah, that was uh, I. When I saw that trade go through, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It's good like, content. It's good. I mean, the Cardinals—that's like the dream trade. They got out of that David Johnson contract. Um, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Like that's, and they got like a fourth-round pick back. Oh like, yeah. That, that that's that's an insane trade, and and then they got like a really good defensive player in Isaiah Simmons. Um, but they're going to make him focus on uh, – what did I read something about how they're not going to let him kind of be the hybrid player that he well, was? They're... I mean, I think that's good in the short term because I feel like you really – and because they had a lot of those, like, multi, like, Swiss Army knife players, like mm-hmm. Deion Cannon, Tyron Matthew, um, players point. like that. And it's – and what I read a lot, it's like, yeah, like, he has, like, a lot of – and they'll probably will use him to do some other things, but, like, 
probably I think it's a good thing just to focus him on one position because it's still that transition to the NFL. So it's like you get him done in one position, he masters that position really well. Then after that, you start moving him around. But there was funny talking about Isaiah Simmons, like the Carolina Panthers, they pass on him uh, for like a nose tackle, which is whatever. Like the, the Panthers have done some dumb moves this offseason. Um, but then they released a quote saying like, well, we would have picked Isaiah, but we felt like another team could better use his skills than, than like another, another team could better maximize his skills than we could. So we just thought it, it wouldn't it be fair for Isaiah. Or it was like something like that. It was basically this whole, like the weirdest thing is like, well, we couldn't, we can't maximize Isaiah Simmons' skill set. So we thought it'd be better for another team to draft it. I don't think I've ever heard that rationale for not choosing a player before that they think it's not you it's me you'd be better off with someone else than with with us that has i don't think i've ever seen that before yeah that, that that's very that, illogical rationale that was interesting i was like uh okay whatever um yeah so, so that was a pretty that was an interesting um move um what else any other drafts so burrow went one that was pretty cool i like burrow i mean he's white but he's cool um <laughs> Tua, Tua ended up in Miami. That's nice. Uh, the Chargers, they took Herbert. I mean, there's no – he's not going to be good. Like, no good quarterbacks are named Herbert. That's a, that's a baby name. Like, grow up. Um, what other draft do I have? Uh, the Ravens took a running back early. Uh, rest in peace analytics. Um uh, <laughs> Oh, the Packers took Jordan Love. How, how, how can I forget that one? That one's just sitting right there. Anything to upset Aaron Rodgers. Anything that was, was beautiful. hilarious. Like, I was like, what? Like, I mean, I get it. I actually, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. Aaron Rodgers needs to not be a little bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's fair. Rod- yeah, that's fair. I, I, that's fair. I, 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 I have no love for him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I 100% co-sign that. I do not enjoy Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that was just a weird thing for the Packers to do because they had just recently re-signed Aaron Rodgers. Um, so he's on, on on their books for a, a few years, like 2022 or 2021. Uh, and so that's going to eat up most of Jordan Love's rookie contract. And so, like, the only reason you really got him was because, like, okay, you – the goal is now you get him cheaper on that second contract. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're saving – it's like the savings are minuscule. So, it's like – Well, yeah, because you've spent so much on your other quarterback while wasting the rookie contract. Yeah, and I just – By the- not starting him, presumably. Because he's yeah. – I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be their starter. Yeah, like – and, like, that's the thing, too, like – People keep saying, "Oh, it's an Aaron Rodgers," which is like not really like love. He's fine, I think. I don't know, but he like Rodgers was like a, a top quarterback. Like, but he just fell. He just fell because like, the Niners like didn't him. take it. Well, yeah, because well, he fell. Well, everyone thought it was gonna be the Niners, right? And then he just fell because um, it was really like more of the finance sort of stuff. Because uh, at that time. Uh, rookies still negotiated their contracts they weren't scaled yet right so that's how you got like people like sam bradford getting like five four years like nearly 50 million like there wasn't no rookie contracts 
right they, they would hold they would sometimes hold out to get yeah. like huge huge ridiculously huge rookie deals before so like, it was uh scale, after, yeah. after a certain point on like the first five teams of the rogers draft like all those other teams didn't you know were financially you know tied to a starting quarterback and they didn't really have the room to pay a backup quarterback so that really accelerated the job but like that wasn't the jordan love situation he was just like you know he might be good he may not but you know he's a project so mm-hmm. but that was funny and then the Seahawks took a linebacker <sighs> it's gonna be interesting we can and then as and we, then uh... like and then the stores were like oh well the ravens were about to take jordan brooks and i was just like lying i like it the seahawks put in the call they're like all right i need y'all to tweet that like that the ravens were about to take him just i'm just kidding i don't know but it's just it was just funny because like immediately the stores came out was like oh like Jordan Brooks was a riser and yada, yada, yada. I was just like, nice. Seattle coordinated this. I like it. I respect it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if we can add, um, I really would like to see Clowney come back to see what he can do with others around him in the pass rush. I don't I don't expect it anymore at this point, but now yeah. that they can get in and, and get, I, I know what oh, you man, want to we say. We traded for Miles Garrett. <laughs> I know what you want to say. I know that we have Miles Garrett, so we have to hold off. We can't have him and Clowney. Alex, were you on Twitter when that situation happened? Which one was this? The Miles Garrett uh, rumor that started on Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, and I, people, I had, like, tweeted. I had just um, re-downloaded Twitter at that point, like, literally that day, because everyone was freaking out and would not talk to me and would not tell me what was fucking going on. So I downloaded the app, and I think I tweeted, like, oh, I had to re-download this app to, like, figure out why my husband was freaking out, and, oh, more trade rumors. Got it. Makes sense. And then I saw it on Reddit as well when I was just scrolling through Reddit that night. So I just, oh, God damn it. So, that was hilarious. So it was very funny. It was very funny, but at the same time, I'm like, really, guys? We're really going to analyze a Reddit user? Like, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. People were up in arms. And did you guys read that Reddit thread? Give me a second, guys. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm a uh, no Reddit. Fella. Oh, I'm a big Reddit fan. It was, I think at some points it was even better than Twitter. Because you're like, who is this? Who do you on the, he said this before. And like, people are trying to dox. It was, it was amazing. It was a pretty impressive troll job when it all came out why he what his motivation was being a Packers fan and all of that getting himself all the way on to local radio and and getting them to buy into his supposed story um I don't think they're I don't know KJR came out and said that they were in on it kind of the whole time like we knew we didn't really take this guy very seriously we were just sort of giving him his you know his his 15 minutes of fame and we didn't really believe that it was ever going to happen uh i don't know they gave him the platform they're sure whatever i don't really have too strong of a feeling i'm just like "Eh." i thought it was funny i love seeing twitter ass especially people that are rude to me like evan get all up in arms about how mad they are that it's false i'm like this just it just brings me joy i love seeing the turmoil just like really feeds my energy and I, I just it. all I want to know is I don't create it. Nobody's mad at me. Everybody can be mad at somebody else. I love seeing Nick's trolling. That brings me joy. It's just all over. I was just like, I love watching dumb people. 
It's just great. And people get mad over it. I'm like, guys, football. Football, sports. Yes, we want them to come back and be entertained safely. And mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully that happens this year. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's life. We have there's bigger things than than sports. And we'll yes. we'll we'll find other things to talk about and enjoy if sports don't come back for a little while. And honestly, if that means that I get to sit home in my pajamas and drink wine and eat my homemade wings and watch football games or, you know, watch replays with Evan because he's gonna be so like sad there's no football, I'll take it. Yeah. I think that's I mean that's just reality. Yeah. I'll watch some more murder shows. We can start at like a true crime bracket. Hell yeah. There you go. Whatever. I love it. <laughs> Vote on the best serial killer. Of Perfect. All. That's actually a pretty cool idea. Not, not, maybe not phrasing it that way, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to like, this is a big dick energy out there. Best serial <laughs> Maybe I will phrase that. Maybe most, I don't want to say that. Next time on uh, next time on generational talent, <laughs> the serial killer bracket will be unveiled. Yes, if I decide to download Twitter again this week. There you go. Everybody's we'll back. All right. But, well, yeah. anybody have anything last to add? No. 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 We'll try to be back more frequently. Yes. Hopefully. Then hell, if Hawk Blogger hasn't been. You know, consistent, I feel like we especially get a break. I mean, the content is is missing. It's, you know, at some point, yes, we we come on, we can chat, we can visit. <laughs> Listeners are going to be like, that, what are you doing? You have, Yeah, of course, because we have no content. There's nothing to talk about, so we're just going to be yes. So here we are. Maybe we'll, we'll just end up doing like, like, and, like and subscribe. Actually, okay, we'll talk about this when we're not recording, but I have a good idea. Stay tuned. Cliffhanger. Perfect. Yeah. All right, everyone, that will be episode 14 of Generational Challenge. Kind of just like catch up over the last few months. Wait, what there you did go. you uh, again? The, the Corn, what? What did he the mean? Corn cast. The Corn cast. The Corn cast. All right, well, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. Um, stay home. Wash your damn hands. Wash the back of your hands, wash in between. Wash your hands. <laughs> Yeah. All right. See, talk to you guys soon. The end. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Bye. Bye.